Hi, I'm Rob, and thanks for discovering season one of Two Bye Guys. We hope you enjoy it. So in season one, we recorded everything in person. It was pre-pandemic, and we used professional sound booths. And as you'll hear, the audio quality is pretty great. But it was also very complicated and expensive. And when the pandemic hit, those booths became impossible. So in season two, we tried recording interviews locally while chatting on Zoom, which kind of worked, but the audio quality was spotty. Sometimes people made manual mistakes with the recording. It was a huge hassle for me to receive the files, convert the formats, compile the audio, edit by hand. I knew I needed a better solution if I was going to continue the podcast. And Zencaster was that solution. The thing that was most important to me, knowing how the process works, is that the audio gets recorded locally, not over the internet like Zoom does. When you get up to seasons three and four, you'll hear how good the audio quality is. It rivals what you're about to hear from season one, which was recorded in professional sound booths. And it's so much easier and cheaper. Everyone can record from home with whatever equipment they have, even just a laptop's built-in mic. And then there's the editing and post-production. I used to have to go through every track manually, reducing background noise, mixing volumes and levels, making sure my guest and I were synced. Now Zencaster post-production takes care of all of that and delivers ready-to-upload files. So if you're thinking about starting your own podcast, I highly recommend Zencaster. It's easy, it's affordable, and it's very reliable, and the sound quality is great. And now if you go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and enter promo code 2 guys, you'll get 30% off your first three months. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com slash pricing, promo code 2 guys for 30% off your first three months. It's time to share your story with Zencaster. Hi, my name is Rob Cohen. And I'm Alex Boyd. And welcome to Two Bi Guys. We are Two Bi Guys. Yeah, we both identify as bisexual men, um, believe it or not. Uh, and we're doing this because I think both of us agree that uh, there's not enough bi men talking about bi men stuff. Mm-hmm. It's quite invisible. Uh, it was not something I heard much about until I got into this world. And there's so many bi men out there, I think is something we've both discovered uh, over the last couple of years, is that there are way more than people think. And nobody's really talking about it. So it's hard to learn about it, and it's hard to come out, and it's hard to accept. Um, yeah, completely. So we're here to try to change that and talk about it. Uh, so Alex and I met almost two years ago at Bi Request, which is a bisexual discussion group in New York City. Uh, it's a very diverse group in terms of gender and age and race, background, ability, everything. We discuss bisexual-oriented topics uh, every other week. And so... That's where Alex and I started talking about this stuff. And we pretty quickly realized that we have sort of similar opinions on... uh, On some things. On some things. And some things we defer. But what's interesting is we come at it from very different angles. Our stories of how we got here are quite different. Very opposite in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I identified as straight most of my life. I'm 34 years old now. I'm a writer. I worked for Law & Order SVU for seven seasons. And I didn't explore my sexuality really until around age 30, which was while I was at SVU. Uh, I mean, I explored my sexuality before that, but I identified as straight. And I really Mm -hmm. didn't think about anything other than that for at least 20-something years. Then eventually I... 
realized I was ignoring some other feelings and thoughts and desires that over the past few years I have started to explore and understand and come to identify as bisexual. Yeah. Um, and on the other end of things, uh, I'm 25, and actually I identified as gay for quite a while first um, before identifying as bi. And right now I bartend at a gay bar right here in New York City. And I've been doing a lot of work with the Trevor Project, a national suicide prevention hotline for LGBT youth. So yeah, I grew up in that kind of liberal, like Northeast kind of environment, and I've really gotten engrossed in this like queer world and, and got really wrapped up in it. And I think over time I realized that there were kind of, there it's other problems in the queer world. Things that didn't really fit with my expectations and, and kind of bits of that community that I kind of had to defy in my own way. You know, I experienced a lot of straight men who were kind of exhibiting maybe some bi things here and there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We we'll could do a whole episode about that. Yeah, you and were one of those straight men doing very bi things. Yes. At one point. Yeah. Yes, I was. It happened very slowly. But there, yes, eventually I was... Uh, I was very fluid, and I my brain had not yet caught up to my behavior. Yeah. Um, but I'm reconciling it all now. Yeah, it works out in the end. People really don't think that bisexuality is real, especially for men. Uh, I think there's a conception that, like, that women can be bisexual and that's normal, but guys who are bisexual are really gay. People think men are either straight or gay. They're sort of stuck in this binary. And really, that does so much damage to bi men because, first of all, it's not true. Let's just say that. I've learned everything is very fluid and there's a lot of room in the middle here. And it doesn't mean you're right in the middle. But it hurts bi men because it keeps them from being able to talk about it. People are very afraid of it. And it keeps people from coming out and being themselves. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, why is it that women with women is like a hot thing, right? Like women messing around with women, that's hot. But men messing around with men, like, nah, that's that's just gay. Not cool. But uh, we did kind of where this some of this conversation started is we appeared on a TV show actually called Slut Ever. It's on Viceland, um, and it's hosted by Carly Shirtino. It's a very, like, sex-positive show, but they had an episode entirely dedicated to bisexuality among men. And through talking to Carly and through kind of the reception that that episode got amongst people we know, but also kind of like the greater world, we very much so realized that there was a big, like, lacking conversation here, that people really just weren't talking about this and that this was, like, new perspectives for a lot of people which kind of surprised us and made us think that maybe it was time to uh, kind of fight that invisibility with a conversation like the one we're having right now. Totally. So many people after that aired contacted me, and I was out to most people, most of my friends by the time that aired, but not everyone who I'm friends with on Facebook and old friends I hadn't talked to. And the response was kind of amazing. So many people reached out to me and you know, sort of thanked me for sharing that. And so many people came out to me after that. Mm -hmm. Like, it was more female friends, but also guy friends I have came out to me after that who I had no idea. And so it was really a a illuminating experience that once you put this stuff out there, there's more people interested than you might think. Yeah, for sure. So maybe you can start with kind of telling us a little bit about your story, Rob. Sure. So So like I said, I'm 34. I live in New York City in Manhattan. I grew up in Westchester outside of Manhattan, so not too far, and grew up in a pretty heteronormative environment and school, I would say. Like, I didn't realize it looking back. Everything just seemed like this is the way the world is, uh, normal and fun. But 
looking back, everything was sort of very heteronormative. And hmm. I didn't really know many gay people in growing up or in high school, like very, very few, nobody who was a close friend. And I absolutely did not know any bi people. I didn't even know that bisexuality was a thing. Yeah, that's going to make it tough. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like, I, I mean, I imagine going to school now and just even knowing one person who you liked could make such a difference. But like, I just never had anyone to talk to about any of these issues. And so I didn't then keep it all inside. I just didn't have those thoughts. Right. So like, Mm. I just thought I was straight, assumed I was straight. And like, because everyone else around me was, and it felt fine and natural. And so I dated women and I was interested in women from a pretty early age. And like, girlfriend in fifth grade and kissed a girl in seventh grade and like you know step by step like a relatively normal trajectory of being a heterosexual guy and it felt natural it didn't feel like I was faking anything it didn't feel like I was tricking anyone or and really it didn't feel like I was repressing anything for a long time like I would say through college and even a little bit after college it didn't feel like I was repressing anything but slowly these feelings started to pop up and develop Mm. and I guess the form it took was like these charged moments there would be these like moments that stuck out in my memory that Mm. as they happened and even like in my 20s I didn't really think they were important but over time and as I got to my late 20s I started to think like hey maybe this is something so it was like a pattern kind of thing. And yeah. then, you know, yeah. enough instances and, you know, it, yeah. it indicates something maybe a little bigger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like, you know, there's just people that stuck in my memory. Like, like I remember in high school, I worked at camp and there was one guy who... It's always at camp. It was always... Yeah. It, you did, I did learn a lot about sex and sexuality at camp. And, you know, my first real girlfriend was at camp and stuff. So that was happening too. But, But then I just remember this guy who like... I was always acting a little awkward around him and I kind of thought he didn't like me for some reason and and I was just weird around him. He clearly him. cared about something there. Yeah. yeah. He clearly <laughs> cared about that relationship anymore. Well, yeah, yeah and, and at the yeah. time I just thought, he doesn't like me. This is weird because he's being weird to me. Mm. But okay. really, he was just cute and I found him attractive and I had a crush on him and when I had a crush on girls I could identify it like I knew Mm. what that felt like but because this crush was on a guy I didn't even think about it that way so it didn't manifest that way and then like only years later when I look back and I'm like why was I awkward around him and Mm. also now I can recognize he was cute that I'm like oh that's what it was. So there's just like moments like that or also at camp like kids would run around naked sometimes for fun and the counselors would get really mad at them and like I remember feeling really anxious and tense when that happened. So I never did it like I didn't get naked at camp. I didn't like (laughs) encourage people to do it. I kind of like retreated when that happened but in hindsight there was something charged about that. Basically, there must have been like some repressed sexual feeling in there that I couldn't really access, but I could feel on some level, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was inside me somewhere. Yeah. So slowly I started to notice those moments. I started to think about that stuff. And then I guess like the real thing that sort of tipped the scales was I noticed that every once in a while I would be clicking on gay porn. Um, Okay. 
Uh, yeah, let's yeah. just go right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, f- I was watching straight porn first where I thought not just the women but also the men were pretty attractive uh, without really realizing that. And then every once in a while I would find this porn that was like straight guys doing gay stuff. And slowly in like my late 20s, I started watching a little more and more of that. And it was it would be the kind of porn where it's like, Gay for Pay was a big one for me, where it's, Hmm. these are straight guys, they go on the video, they say they're straight, and then the guy, the producer, pays them money to, like, jerk off together, to do, to engage in other sexual acts together. Broke Straight Boys is a good example. Their videos are very popular. Corey, how's it going? What's up? It's going. I got fired here two days ago, exactly. Well, we're glad to help out with your finances. Why don't you... Give him a little kiss. Uh, if I wasn't getting paid, obviously I wouldn't film. The money's right, then pretty much anybody will do anything. And they're maintaining their straight identity the whole time, but they're engaged in um, certain types of gay sex or yeah. interactions. And yeah. then also there was like hazing porn that was like, you know, a fraternity. If you want to get into this fraternity, you have to, you have to suck a dick or do something gay. <laughs> and like... I swear to God, this, I mean, this stuff is popular out there, too. Like, yeah. there's other people watching this. But I found myself clicking on that. And and I would click on it, and I would watch it, and I would tell myself these stories that, like, I just want something new. I'm just ex- yeah. trying You're this out. You're just as I'm straight as all of these guys. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Right. These guys are straight, and they're so, yeah. like, I'm... They're doing sh- more than you. Right. And I'm just watching this. So I'm still yeah. straight. I'm yeah. just, like, jerking off to this stuff. So there was, like, probably a few years where I was doing that but maintaining that straight identity. But then finally I just, you know, that stuff started weighing on me more, and I started thinking, what does this mean? Why am I interested in this? And then I went through a period of being very tense and stressed about and actively repressing that because I was afraid I was gay. I was afraid that this was either turning me gay or that I had been gay all along and not realized it. And that really upset me because, you know, now I can see like all those relationships I had with women were good and natural and like none of them individually worked out because I was in high school and college. But like, but they were real and they were loving and they were fun yeah. and and I liked those relationships and I didn't yeah. want to invalidate those in my head sort of by saying actually I was gay the whole time. I was very stressed about that. I started reading a lot and looking for information and yeah. struggling to find other bi guys and well and imagine like you were probably scared that you were like losing those that like straight element of your life, right? Like yeah, you know the the men maybe like took over where the women were before. Right. Like, yeah. Just because it's a new element. Right, right. right. And, and all those other relationships were important to me, and they felt like part of who I was. And I really, really loved some of those people. And, yeah, it was, it was very hard to sort of realize that I wasn't becoming a different person. Like, I was yeah. still the same person. I was just sort of having additional feelings. I sort of liken it to food preferences that, like, you can try new flavors of things and and like them. It doesn't mean you have to stop eating foods you used to yeah. like. You can add, it's it's an addition. It's not a subtraction. There's a show it's, called Shit's Creek that actually was just nominated for an Emmy for Best Comedy. And uh, one of their main characters is pansexual. And he has one of my favorite explanations of this. 
I do drink red wine, but I also drink white wine. Oh. And I've been known to sample the occasional rosé. I like the wine and not the label. Does that make sense? Yes. So I was watching this porn and adding up these charge moments and starting to realize this stuff about myself and and starting to find avenues where it might be possible to explore it in real life the more I researched. And I remember um, I was 29, I was going to turn 30, and I decided I didn't want to turn 30 without exploring this. So mm. that was when I sort of took a leap and did that. And we can talk about exactly what that looked like on another episode. <laughs> that There are some longer stories there. But I did that, and I then just sort of explored for a few years while still identifying as straight. And I took things very slowly, one step at a time. It actually, in many ways, mirrored my sexual and romantic exploration with women in like yeah. middle school and high school. Yeah. I sort of started over again with <laughs> men and did things very slowly and didn't jump into anything. And I was scared of each step, but I kind of took my time and did things when I was ready and slowly, slowly built up to the identity I have now. And, you know, interestingly, at the time that I was working at SVU during all this. Uh, so, like, when I started there, I was totally straight identified and didn't really have any clue that I might be bi. And then I did a lot of research there. Um, you know, I started as a writer's assistant and researcher and then became a staff writer for four years. And I was researching a lot of stuff about sex and sex crimes, but also about sexuality in general and like stigma and shame and how all this stuff works in the justice system. But I ended up jumping off from there on my own and continuing that research, you know, more specifically into male sexuality and bisexuality. Did that affect like your work basically though? Did it affect kind of your standing at work and almost? I was very compartmentalized at the time, I think. And I mm. sort of kept my personal stuff out of work in many ways. And I was never out at work, really. There was a time when I was starting to explore, but I wasn't yet out there. And I knew it for myself. And in a weird way, I started becoming an advocate for bisexuality. Mm -hmm. And I started talking about it more in the writer's room. And I started pitching it a little and pitching that certain characters should be bi. Yeah. And it was actually easier and kind of a nice way to test things out that I could advocate for it without identifying myself that way. It felt like a safe way to sort of test talking about these things and to try to convince people that this was real without having to say, this is real and it's me. Yeah. However, I would say none of those pitches really went through and we never really did much about bisexuality on the show while I was there, at least I didn't really get to write about it. And I think it's because I wasn't out. You know, I kind of wish, like, yeah. you know, in a perfect world, I could have said, hey, let's make this character bi because I am and he's similar to me. And yeah. I and there are other people out here like looking for, looking for, for this, that right? yeah. who would love that representation. And I can help us do it authentically. Yeah. Um, but but I could never really say that. I just wasn't ready and didn't yeah. feel comfortable at the time. And so... We never did that, and it's a complicated history of me and SVU and my bisexuality. There's a lot of things that are interrelated. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk more about the behind another the scenes time. another time. Yeah. Yeah. So then, anyway, it, everything sort of got tied up for me when I started going to buy request, and I 
met real bi people. And I was in a room with 30 or 40 people every other week yeah. who felt the same way that I had secretly been thinking and who weren't scared of it and weren't ashamed of it and had been going to this group for a while. And they made it seem so normal to me. And that was so helpful because, you know, I'd read stuff online and I had been doing research, but I didn't really have a community of bi people. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't know them in real life and see that they were just like everyone else. They could live normal, happy lives and like be cool with this. That sort of helped me get over a lot of the shame and yeah. stigma and really integrate it into my life and start coming out, which I did over the next year and a half leading up to Slut Ever yeah. when I'm now out fully. To the whole world? Yeah. Yeah. To the whole well, world. Well, the whole world now, right? Because Even the more. whole world will yes, be listening to this podcast. The whole world will be listening. We intend to have All seven a couple billion, billion We will followers. get translators soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. We're very exciting. We're scaling. very exciting about that. <laughs> So your turn. Tell us uh, your story, your bi history, how you came to this identity, and uh, what's your trajectory been like, Alex? Yeah, so I think I definitely came about things in a little bit of an opposite fashion, as we said a little bit before. Early on, when I was starting to discover my sexuality and, like, you know, find people I was attracted to, the big thing that like just became very clear to me was that I was attracted to men. Um, I also had crushes on girls. I had I had plenty of crushes on girls, especially like all the way back to first, second grade. I remember those crushes. First kiss, a girl. But I remember this attraction to men kind of took over almost because I didn't, took over in a sense that I didn't know how I could possibly still be into women, into girls, uh-huh. if... I knew for a fact that I was gay. Like, you know, I, I knew that for a fact. I Right. How can you like two things? Yeah, it's, it's not a thing. That's yeah, ridiculous. Right? You and have to like one thing. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Feels like you have to like make that decision. Especially in seventh grade. You Figure it out know. in seventh grade yeah. and then just fucking get on with your Completely. life. My first experiences were definitely with men. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have anything with women for a long time. But in short, I came to this gay label because my parents discovered porn on my computer. Like, so I had been watching gay porn. I had also been watching straight and bi porn, but my parents found, you know, porn on on my computer that was very explicitly showing men. I thought you said they Um, caught you watching gay porn. No, 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 no. That was the, that's how I remember Definitely not that. That's how Um, I remember your life. mm, (laughs) They didn't walk in on you? don't want to think about that. Um, (laughs) Wait, so what actually happened? They just like went Mm. through your browser history? It was, yes, sorry, it's taking me a second to move past that image. But what did happen is they, they found, it was, it was parent snooping probably, I don't, I'm not really sure exactly how it came about, but they cool. were on my laptop, like my computer, looked up things. I was lazy about clearing search history, so I obviously wasn't like too worried about it at the same time uh-huh. because I knew that they would be like super cool with it too. Like I, I knew it wouldn't be an issue in my family. I grew up in super liberal Massachusetts, was never too worried. That's nice. But it definitely wasn't my choice either. So in that moment, my mom sat me down and pulled up things that she had found um, oh. or my dad had found, they had found together. Um, 
That's and uncomfortable. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's uncomfortable, she but pulled them it up. walking in isn't uncomfortable. Well, she okay. pulled it up. It's, yes. Okay, so maybe yeah. that's why I had that image in my head because oh, yeah. you're looking at, at gay, porn gay porn on porn a computer screen with, with your mother. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Yeah, in a way. You could see it that way. Yeah, um, I do. So, yeah, I do too. <laughs> so what happened at that point was I basically was in that moment asked, so are you gay? And... I kind of could do nothing more than shrug and say, yeah, looks like it. Um, mm-hmm. Because it looked like it. <laughs> yeah. So I was 16 at that point, sophomore year of high school, and it just kind of solidified things. It definitely shifted my train of thought mentally, and it actually kind of made things easier in a way because I mm-hmm. I suddenly saw the box that I was fitting in. I saw kind of the image. I had seen gay men before. I knew that there was a future to some extent there. I would imagine when she asks you that, it makes a lot of things make sense. And unless you already at that point had a very strong understanding of fluid sexuality and bisexuality, you can't really respond to your mom and say, no, yes. no, no, I was watching gay porn. Like, it's more complicated than that. It's kind of like you probably felt a little ambushed. Yeah. I mean, I literally didn't have another option. There, I yeah. knew no other words I could have said in right. that moment other than yes. Exactly. Like, yes, I'm gay. And then it just made sense to right. to use that label at that point. But no, I didn't have the words to say, like, but I'm also maybe sort of bi. Or this isn't all the porn that's on here if you <laughs> looked a little bit deeper. Yeah, there was just no other option in that situation. So what kind of happened from there was I didn't come out to everybody immediately, but I did very quickly start to kind of claim that gay label. Kind of your typical journey at that point where... I looked forward to college. I went to college. I very quickly met all the queer people on campus and kind of attached myself to them because I was out for the first time. Dated a guy for like two months, sort of, but not really for the right reasons. Mostly just like for the like, I can have a relationship now because I'm out and everybody knows and it's not going to be a big deal. But then my junior year simply said I had a dream. I had a sex dream. And a girl that I had a crush on had kind of been eyeing on. It was hard to kind of define for myself because I was labeling as gay at that point. She was very prominently featured in that dream. So it very quickly kind of unraveled for me. And I started kind of thinking back through things and realizing that, like, that was super hot, too. (laughs) And was very quickly okay with that. I knew a lot of bi and pansexual identifying folks at that point who kind of just opened my eyes up in other ways anyways, this kind of coined for me that bi is also a term that I could use, that women very explicitly are a potential option for me too. So after that, I claimed that bi label. I came out to all of the known world all over again as bi, as pansexual. And then about a year later, I moved to New York. Um, And honestly, I moved to New York and part of me had this quota to fill. Like, I was Mm -hmm. off of my campus where everybody kind of knew me as gay still, and I was kind of in my own, you know, uh, a new realm of sorts, and it just became a quota to sleep with women, to just explore (laughs) that side, right? Mm -hmm. 
It's like most like fifteen year old straight boys. They yes. feel, they also feel they yeah. have a quota of women they need yeah. to sleep with to be a straight man. Yeah, and there's a lot of commonality between my twenty two year old self and a fifteen year old straight boy. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I hadn't in person. Like I had no sexual experience with women whatsoever. I hadn't been on any like dates or anything really even. Right. How can you possibly be bi if you have yeah, not right? had sex with people of multiple genders? Exactly. Uh, it's impossible. No. It is. Not it really. is not. But being, being but it feels that way. Right. Yeah. Especially when you're like figuring it out, you yeah. you put that on yourself. I think, or at least I did. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And I very much so put that on myself too. I can remember three women essentially that I slept with or almost slept with over the course of like those early New York stages. Yeah. Tell us. Okay. Number yeah. one. One. <laughs> so one. Somebody I met at a bar did not have any connection to her beforehand. I distinctly remember I was, like, straight in her eyes in every way. It was, like, super easy conversation. The problem for me actually ended up being that I had bought her a couple of drinks. So when it came time to grab a car and we were going to go back to her place, it was, like, super mutual and we were super kind of on board with that. Uh, It was suddenly super uncomfortable for me. Mm. I realized that I had essentially gotten her drunk, like as a man was intruding kind of in her space. It was a different dynamic than I had been used to at any other time this had happened. Uh-huh. And honestly, like it was like terrifying in a sort of way. Like I just didn't know what to do. So when that car showed up, I walked away. I literally said goodnight, closed the door, never heard from her whatsoever. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, so the second girl that I met up with Again, same situation, had met her at a bar, but less alcohol. And just, like, had a super great, easy conversation from what I remembered. And we went to her place. It worked out. Had my first sexual experience with a woman, like, had sex and everything. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it it sucked, actually. (laughs) Uh, It was was pretty rough. Um, You know, I I said that there's some similarities between 15-year-old straight boy and, like, my 22-year-old bi self. Uh And... Yeah, that's where it showed. Like it was that really fumbling experience where nobody really knows what they're doing. In this case, she probably did know what she was doing, and mm-hmm. I didn't. In this case, did she know that you were bisexual? No, or she didn't. Previously identified no. as gay. Okay. No. So that's so then that's in your head too. For sure. Simply yeah. said, there was like an expectation to be a straight guy for yeah. that night, and that wasn't me. And then you know the third girl that I ended up hooking up with. I had, like, a little bit of a crush on her kind of thing. You know, there was a connection there. And it was a better experience for sure. And she did know that I was uh, bi. She uh-huh. knew, like, the first woman that I was with that, like, didn't care about that. Uh-huh. In the end, it honestly just kind of solidified me being bi. I had had a lot of insecurity up until that point, until that experience that kind of just solidified Okay, mm-hmm. this feels right. You can do this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And felt more comfortable at that point. So briefly to kind of wrap up from there until now, I started going out a lot more. I went to like circuit parties in New York all night long. Wasn't afraid to basically live a gay lifestyle and kind of dismiss that straight side sometimes. You know, what was kind of increasingly okay with dismissing, you know, any expectation that I felt I should have on myself. And, yeah, mostly it was with men still because I worked at a gay bar. I was comfortable in queer spaces. The women that did come up were generally queer themselves or trans and non-binary folks because there was just more of a connection. And as time went on, 
I really started to understand that was kind of the key for me, just because it gives us a common ground. Are you scared of uh, cis straight women? <laughs> is it intimidating? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it is it's intimidating a for me now. A little bit less because I've had experiences with cis straight women for the majority of my life, but now coming out as bi to them, I feel more intimidated or at least scared that yeah. some of them will not be cool with that. Yeah, given that you've had more experience in your life with men, and that you're still sort of exploring with women, and it's relatively new in your life, how do you know that you're bi? Yeah, I mean, going to bi request, hearing those stories, hearing kind of the diversity of bi experiences out there and how I met folks who had never had any experience with women or any experience with men and realizing that all of them identified as bi and at least in the context of that conversation, confidently so, it made me feel better about the fact that like, yes, my experiences are probably in the realm of like 80-20, but my attractions are not necessarily quantifiable in that way. Like I can't. I honestly can't say if it's 50-50. I can't say if it's 60-40. I can't put numbers on it because there's people kind of all over the place. Um, And it may change over time based on your experiences and who you're around and where you are. Yeah, yeah, completely. That's bi. So now that we've told our bi stories, why don't we talk about what our current conception of bisexuality is? Like what... As you sit here today, what does bisexuality mean to you? What's your definition? How does it play a role in your life? Yeah. Uh, Well, I think there's always one definition, actually, that I kind of, like, resort back to. Uh, Robin Oakes, Mm -hmm. she defines bisexuality as the potential to be attracted romantically, sexually, or whatever, to people of more than one gender, not necessarily at the same time, not necessarily in the same way, and not necessarily to the same degree. Yeah, that just captures kind of like all the potential like right. bisexualities that could exist out there. Right. So it captures like, you know, to use like another word, like that some people use like the fluidity that people experience, right? Yeah. Maybe it's not romantic with men and it's romantic with women. Right. Or that can um, change or the type of attraction can be different. Yeah. It makes it so that there's really no box for it. I would agree with that. I mean, my answer is sort of just a longer version of that, but I think it totally is just about openness and potential, and it's not about, like, fitting into someone else's version of bisexuality or being 50-50. So, like, for me at first, you know, I identified as straight, and I knew I was sexually and romantically, emotionally attracted to women. Like, I knew that that was possible for me. Mm -hmm. You know, all of that. And then I just had these sexual thoughts about men. Like, there was a time where they were specifically sexual and they were to a much lesser degree than my thoughts about women, but they were there. And then slowly, like, I opened myself up to them and then I started to notice, like, as I opened myself up, I had more of those thoughts. And then as I was comfortable with the sexual attraction, I became open to emotional and romantic connections and also not just to men, but to people of any gender and trans people. And so I continued to open up and those possibilities expanded. And it really, bisexuality just became to me about that openness, that openness to anything and any potential to any type of relationship, regardless of gender. They're like, gender is no longer a disqualifier for me. It's about the person. Yeah. And I think kind of on the the other side of that, like looking at other people, for me, at least, like, I think what you talked about kind of like 
opening up of genders kind of thing and, and of perspectives in that way, like, you also start, at least for me, looking at other people differently, mm-hmm. like, assuming their sexualities, right? Like, I no longer assume so, that the straight, like, bro-looking kind of type, like, football bro, right. is necessarily straight. Right. Or, like, if he does something that's, like, a little gay, like, yeah. he's not necessarily gay either. Just yeah. like somebody who, some, you know, really butch girl or something, yeah. you know, doesn't imply anything. Maybe right. is a lesbian, maybe isn't, maybe literally who knows. Well, there's all these other things that we attach to gender and exactly. sexuality yeah. that are not really about what gender means and what sexuality yeah. means. And like gender in many ways is a construct and people can be on lots of different spectrums in terms of like expression and appearance sure. and personality and everything. Yeah. And gender doesn't really have to define that. It's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it doesn't necessarily. Yeah, and, like, Um, what about, like, if I would want to, like, grow out my hair long, like, have a ponytail, like, wear heels, all of that, why couldn't I still want to have sex with a woman? Right. Why why is that in any way connected to who you want to have sex with or who you can have an emotional connection with? Yeah. We live in a world with a lot of these rules and norms, and bisexuality is sort of about saying, like, fuck those rules and like who created those norms and why do they exist and yeah exactly you know i don't think about why am i bisexual anymore i kind of think about like well why not yeah. like why can't i do x y and z yeah exactly bisexuality allows all that freedom to explore anything that you're yeah. interested in there's yeah. all these spectrums and everyone gets to decide where they fall on each of them yeah whatever's gonna feel like comfortable for you right yeah like yeah yeah. And with that, like, however you want to identify, right? Like, maybe bisexuality, which we're using here, like, mm-hmm. isn't the right term, even though you want to do bi stuff every once in a while. That's right. cool. Or maybe you do identify as bi, but, like, you want to put yourself out there in the world as pan or yeah. queer or, like, yeah. you know, whatever label that you or choose straight that or feels gay. best yeah. for you. Well, right. That's, you can identify as straight, too, and yeah. have bisexual behavior. Although, yeah. we'll talk about it's another thing. Pro- we'll, why we'll that could more. be problematic. Yeah. Leads sure. to invisibility and erasure, but, you know. Go for it. Why yeah, not? Yeah. It's better, it's better, than, it's better than repressing the behavior also. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I also want to say that what bisexuality, like, doesn't mean is that, you know, if you adopt that identity, that it's changing who you are in some way. It doesn't mean that you're secretly gay. I was afraid of that for a long time. It doesn't mean that you're 50-50 gay versus straight. It doesn't mean that you still can't have preferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean that, like, if you're a bi man, you can't marry a woman anymore, although we'll talk about the stigma that there is, it doesn't take away anything from your life. It only adds new possibilities. So that's what bisexuality means to us. And to end today, I think we should talk about a couple of statistics. And the stats actually shocked me even because I I always thought it was bigger than what was reported out there and what most people thought. But I didn't realize just how big it is like yeah a lot of people don't even realize that most lgbt people are bisexual 52 percent of the queer community is bisexual yeah more women than men like among queer men there are more gay men than bisexual men but and among queer women there are more bisexual women than lesbian women but overall when you add it all up 52 percent of the LGBT plus community identifies as bisexual. So that is the largest group, uh, you know, of the LGBT at least. Yeah. Um, 
people don't really realize that. We talk about gay and lesbian people a lot, which is great. Yeah, but, maybe but the, not trans people enough. Well, but, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the trans people also get erased a lot, too. Yeah. And so In there's a lot ways. of work to do yeah. for bi and trans people, and there's a there's a relationship there and, I, and yeah, an understanding, sure. I think. We'll do another episode on that, yeah, too. Yeah, we'll talk about trans stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, trans and non-binary and gender and sexuality and how it's yeah, all related. We'll bring a friend in. Absolutely. Um, but bi people are, there's more of us than anyone else. And even though overall the statistics are hard to come by, you know, how many people in the country are LGBT, a lot of statistics say it's around 5 to 10%. But among young people, it's much higher. So I think in America, it's something like a third or maybe a little more than a third of young people identify as something other than straight. But in the UK, there was an even more recent study that asked 18 to 24-year-olds to rate themselves on the Kinsey scale. So it's like a zero to six, completely heterosexual to completely homosexual or anywhere in between. And 49% of the kids 18 to 24 years old identify as something other than heterosexual, which is yeah. half. I mean, it's 1% yeah, less than half. That's a lot. It's a ton, yeah. and it's changing fast, and I only see that number yeah. increasing. Yeah. Well, of that 49%, I think it's something like 20, it is, it's 22% identify as a one on the Kinsey scale, mm-hmm. which is like mostly straight and just a little bit, um, you know, not a zero, like yeah. a little bit over on the Kinsey scale. And then there's another 13% that identify as a two. So that's, what is that, 30, 35% yeah. identify in the sort of more on the straight side, but not totally heterosexual. So I think there's just so many of those people out there. But then there's also, you know, a certain percentage at three, four, five, and six. It's spread out a little bit after yeah. that. Um, yeah. But it's 49%. Yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy. I think as young people grow up, it's gonna that those numbers are gonna get into the general population and keep going up. Also, another important statistic, and this is why it's hard to add up, is that bisexual people are much less likely to be out to their friends and family. So among gay men, seventy-seven percent are out to their close friends and family. Seventy-one percent of lesbian women are out but only 28% of bisexual people are out. And this study didn't test this, but I would just bet anything that even less than 28% of bi men are out, that it's harder for bi men to come out than for bi women. So it's, Well, and not to mention, with and to add on to those statistics, that uh, 100% of straight people are out. <laughs> yes, that, that's right? a good point. That's wild. That's true. Yeah, so that's low true. in comparison as bi That people. is true. I yeah. never really thought about that. Yeah, yeah it's, they're all... It's kind of sad. Very, yeah. Yeah. Did well, you learn that at straight pride? Is that where you yes. learned that? Yes, yes, yeah. It was um, a very exciting event. <laughs> yes. And they're all out and they don't have to come out. And so it's like, it's hard for bi men. And and among bi yeah. people, almost 40% are not out to anyone. Yeah. So, and that was me for a short time. And it's very difficult to live like that and to know something about yourself that you can't share with people and have yeah. to censor yourself all the time. Maybe you are bi. Maybe you're straight. Maybe you're gay. Or maybe you're something else. And maybe you want to live mostly straight for your whole life. But I think what we're trying to do is to make sure that there's a conversation about that. And I think yeah. a lot of people feel that they deserve that conversation. And hopefully yeah. this is the start of that. We can start it. Yeah. yeah. Make people less afraid of talking about it. Yeah. So that seems like a good place to wrap. Uh, thanks for listening to Two Bye Guys. We'll see you next time. Our music is by Ross Mincer and graphic design by Caitlin Weinman. 
This podcast is edited by Moxie Pung and is also produced by Moxie Pung, Matt Loomis, Alex Boyd, and me, Rob Cohen. Thanks for listening to Two Bye Guys. <laughs>